some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Mac and Reed Show. We are live on YouTube right now on this fine Wednesday evening. And, uh, of course, if you've missed any of our previous shows, they're all on YouTube under the Barroom Network channel and audio-only versions on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, etc., wherever you get your podcasts and media. Remember to like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. You can comment on the live stream if you like. Uh, as well as we go along here, I am at the real Evan Mac on uh, Twitter, and Ross is at Ross Reed. And how you doing, brother? Good to see you. Good to see you on Twitter X, right? On Twitter X, where they will start charging the, the unverified a dollar. I saw the new ones <laughs> uh, in a money grab from Elon Musk to to keep Twitter afloat. Uh, so good times, but Ross is verified. He doesn't have to worry about that. He's a big deal on Twitter. Follow him at Ross Reed, of course. We have a lot to get to on the show today as we'll be talking about the Bears at length as uh, Justin Fields' status is doubtful for the game against the Raiders. We'll briefly talk about that Vikings fiasco and an impression so far in this season, how the Bears have done uh, as a team. And then we'll talk about that game at length as far as previewing the Bears Raiders game this Sunday at Soldier Field, where Ross will be live. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the rest of the NFL at length as well. And impressions uh, as far as there are no unbeaten teams now. What else to look forward to? Who uh, individually has impressed us? Teams that have impressed us, not impressed us, uh, other headlines like that. And then uh, we might chime in on some baseball. Perhaps uh, we'll finally get Ross's review on the new Drake album and then uh, Halloween stuff. There's a, there's a lot of ways this show can go, baby. So see, uh, hope you're locked in for this next hour with us. And, uh, and let's uh, begin, Ross, uh, with, of course, the Chicago Bears <clears throat> as the lead subject with us as usual. And, you know, several weeks in, this is about as low as it gets now with uh, coming off a divisional loss with the Vikings, where it was a close game, and you, and you certainly could have won that game if you are the Bears, even without Justin Fields. Uh, it looked like Tyson Bajan, of course, he uh, threw a, a game-clinching interception late in the game on a drive where they, they might have been able to go and win the thing. Um, but, you know, Vikings not looking like the, the really potent offense that, they were in the weeks leading up to this game. Certainly it took that hit without Justin Jefferson, but Kirk Cousins looked very normal. Bears defense playing a bit better than other games in the past, right? But regardless, they dropped to, um, you know, a, a one in five at this point. So they, them, you know, between that and the the Panthers being, uh, I think, 0 and, 0 and 6, or maybe they're 1 and 5 still, you know, they might still not have one. They're 0 and 6. Oh, yeah. still, still without a win. So that's a, uh, Good news on the draft tip as far as the Bears owning the number one and number two overall uh, pick at this point. But there's a lot of football left to be played. And this, you know, the the Justin Fields thumb issue with him, uh, the dislocated thumb, him being doubtful versus the Raiders. Uh, I know x-rays were negative. They were checking his grip, as Aberflus was saying today. He's definitely not playing against the Raiders. Tyson Bagent was trotted out and had to answer questions from the media. And it looks like, obviously, he'll... We'll get the nod to start uh, and a full week of practice to prepare for it. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think the lead in, in, in my eyes, Ross, is what does this do for Justin Fields as a Bears quarterback going forward into the future? A lot of the media was just saying that's it. If he misses significant time, say goodbye to Justin Fields. You reset, you move on, draft whoever wins the Heisman or Caleb Williams 
first overall, second overall, maybe, or you, I don't know, you could potentially look at free agency. Regardless, you move on from Justin Fields, um, you know, and we don't know the severity, like, like uh, you know, all dislocated thumbs are, are different, I suppose, depending on what you're able to do with them, especially on that throwing hand, though, that's that's bad for the grip uh, and everything that goes along with it. Um, but if he misses significant time, w- w- what do you think about this talk about Justin Fields maybe playing his last snaps as a Bear Ross? I think you have to seriously consider at this point, you know, let's go to the injury. He dislocates his thumb. Um, you know, MRIs, uh, you know, the, the x-rays are clean. MRI is clean. Um, but, you know, still with that kind of injury, there's still, you know, even though the swelling has gone down, there's still a possibility that he's not going to be able to accurately grip that football for a few weeks. And the Bears might still, you know, Eberflus today said that they weren't, you know, they're still thinking about IRing him, you know, which means that he could possibly be out for, for four games. Um, so going back to your initial question, I think Justin's days are numbered, unfortunately, as a Chicago Bears quarterback. And I, I don't I'm not going to say he's going to be out for the rest of this year, but I have it. I have a hard time believing that, let's say, hypothetically, he does miss, you know, two, three, four games. Um, I have a hard time believing that the Bears are going to stay afloat long enough to where this coaching staff comes back next year. And this quarterback comes back next year. I think Ryan Poles, and he's on the hot seat as well, but I, I do think that he gets another shot to uh, pick his own quarterback and uh, pick his own head coach. But, you know, yeah. the Bears right now in the pole position to have the first and second overall picks. And I just don't see how they're going to be able to stick by Justin again. And I don't know how a new head coach is going to want to come into this situation and sign up for Justin Fields, knowing that, you know, you don't know if you're going to pick up his fifth year option. You know, you don't right now. He's not really a guy, the kind of guy that you're going to want to give long term money to. I just think that the Bears are going to take an opportunity to reset this entire thing. And, and it's unfortunate. And that to me is the most depressing part of all of this is that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we thought that these two guys were, were, were going to be it. You know, we had a lot of faith in Justin Fields. You know, Bears traded up to get him. Uh, we had a lot of faith in Matt Eberflus for taking over for Matt Nagy. And fast forward to today, and both guys are are on, you know, it, you can put, put blame and in a lot of different places, but people are going to put the quarterback and the head coach front and center, and they just have not gotten it done. They haven't won a game at, at home in over a year. Um, their record has been abysmal over the last two years, and you just can't you can't go with that kind of status quo going forward at this point right now, if the bears do finish with the first and second overall picks in the draft or somewhere even close to that, I do think that you see an entire flip of the entire coaching staff and a brand new quarterback coming in here. a la Caleb Williams or Drake may that's a conversation to be had at a much later point in, in, you know, February and March. But unfortunately for Justin, I think that uh, the Bears are going to move on from him at the end of this year, and uh, they're going to attempt to trade him for whatever they can get out of him, probably at this point, second or third round pick at best. It's a big shock to the system, especially with, as we know, as long-suffering Bears fans, um, that, there's just been no consistency at the quarterback position for years. Uh, you know, the last consistent quarterback you could say was, was Jay Cutler. You had a few years of Mitch Trubisky and then sprinkle in just guys uh, who suited up at the position. And Justin Fields was, you know, hyped up and, and played at moments last year. He didn't throw the ball, but he certainly looked like athletically he could fit that mold. And you thought he would be taking that next step and betters were running to the sports book talking about him being, you know, winning an MVP this year. And I, I certainly thought that they would be a lot more competitive with Justin Fields in this third year uh, with the offense retooled with DJ Moore. Um, and this goes back to just a myriad of things that uh, of factors that make it pretty clear that Justin Fields will likely have to move on. It, you know, the, the line help him taking those sacks where it's not necessarily offensive lines uh, fault is a big issue. The play calling, you know, that's not his fault, but it comes back to not seeing that progression that you thought you would see from a guy uh, in his third year that would warrant a long-term contract, despite 
you know, the adversity, the injuries, everything else that's that's going his way. You talked about, you know, this regime and Ryan Poles wanted to draft his guy and and retool the, the first two guys to go when teams are bad like this teams are bad like this, I feel like are certainly the head coach and the quarterback. When you look at accountability on these teams um, and if you're not getting it done with that guy and as a franchise quarterback, then he's, he's you got to move on from him and build uh, onto the next, next guy. And I don't know who that is uh, again. And, and it's, it's, it pains me to say that they would move on from Justin Fields at this point. Um, I know Cliff pointed out that there might be some quarterback controversy if, Tyson Bajan said, and let's not forget how Bajan kind of lit it up in preseason. So I'm curious to see how he plays against the Raiders with this offense as it is. And then if he performs well, then Justin Fields, it does not help his case in the least, right? You'd figure you'd shove him out the door even faster uh, at this point. But um, it's shocking to think that Ross, that, that, uh, that obviously, you know, you moved up to get Justin Fields and in this third year, we're not even halfway through the season and an injury like this really seems like it seals the deal that, that the talks uh, seem to be really uh, there's a lot of truth to them that he would be traded at this point and, and bears would part ways with him. Yeah. And listen, you know, going to Justin, listen, I like Justin a lot and I think he is a super talented young man. And I think that he has potential to still have a very good NFL career. At this point, I just don't think that it's in Chicago. It just the cards are not being aligned for him. And I know people want to continue to hold on to Justin, and, and with good reason. The talent is there. There is some kind of magic there. But I ask people, you have to be very rational and look at this situation. What young QB that you know is not under a long-term contract gets a third head coach? in his early career. It just does not happen. It doesn't happen. So you're going to let go of Matt Eberflus at the end of this year. You should let go of him and Luke Getzey and the entire staff. They need to go away. Oh, yeah. But let's say hypothetically you go out there and you call Ben Johnson, right? Number one head coaching candidate for, for a lot of people, offensive coordinator for the Lions. He's not going to want to hitch his head coaching career to a quarterback that has now seen multiple head coaches fired underneath him. He's going to want to say, Ryan, I want to reset this whole entire thing and have my own brand new quarterback come in here and not have the, I'm not going to call it flaws. Uh, I'm going to call it scars and scabs that Justin has now on him from the constant whatever happened. Right. And I and I, I I put blame on Justin, but I put blame on everybody. This is a collective failure of the entire organization. The entire organization let him down. And he also has his own failures. Look, I just watching the start of that game on Sunday, you have to be a big enough person to admit that he also made mistakes. He didn't check out of plays when he should have. He didn't get rid of the football where he should have. You've got to be able to read the blitz off the side. Like the Vikings and, my, and, and Brian Flores played right into the deficiencies that Justin Fields has showed throughout his entire career. And right. you have to be able to admit that at this point. So unfortunately, it's over. And that I'm saying that if Justin can't get back on the field within a couple of weeks, the Bears are going to continue to bottom out. Tyson Bajan. Awesome. Go out there, have some fun on Sunday. This guy is a undrafted rookie free agent from a very small school. The last game of his career, he threw two or three interceptions. I had this the number up. You saw him throw that pass on Sunday. He's got the most noodle of noodle arms you've ever seen in a wind tunnel that is about a mile and a half away from me in Chicago and Soldier Field that gets much worse in a couple of weeks. This goes my thumbs up again. My thumbs up again. So everybody loves the, 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 you know, the, the great hope, the great backup quarterback, and they want to see, and then they think that it could be there. This is Caleb Haley 2.0 again. At some point, you know, you got to keep going in the draft and going back to the well and to eventually hit on one of these guys. Tyson Bajit might be a pretty reliable backup quarterback, but he is not the future of your franchise. He, he's oh, just not yeah. that guy. He's not that guy. And unfortunately right now, Neither is Justin. I wish Justin nothing but the best. He reminds me a lot of Geno Smith right now, where Geno Smith was drafted. Geno Smith wasn't drafted as high as Justin, but he had some pedigree to him. 
And unfortunately, it took some seeds in with Gino. It took him getting away from some difficult situations and getting punched in the mouth by a teammate. We all remember that. And so he eventually found a home when he's a lot older um, in Seattle. And I do think that Justin can be on that kind of trajectory. Unfortunately, Chicago's not it, man. It's just it's going to be over. Um, I, I, you know, and it sucks. That's the, that's the crappy part about this because we see so many, uh, you know, jerseys that were sold and, 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 and screensavers on phones and, and the social media. And we, we really thought we had one and, uh, you know, unfortunately it's, it's, it's going to be a brand new regime and that's where, that's what happens. There's collateral damage that happens when you get the number one pick overall last year because you were terrible. You had three wins. There's collateral damage that happens when you have not won a home game in over a year. And there's collateral damage when you start a season one and five. And unfortunately, that means that the head coach and the quarterback have to go. Interesting. I did not have uh, you invoking Caleb Haley's Haney's name, excuse me, on uh, my bingo card for Mac and Reed yeah. on this evening, but uh, yeah. but I love it. Welcome, Tooch. We love you too. Tooch, of course, has the betting show on Barroom Network. And uh, are you done with Justin Fields, or what are your thoughts on it? Feel free to chime in on the comments in the comments here on our YouTube stream on the Barroom Network. And uh, people bring up a good point. That, you know that Justin Fields is an NFL talent, uh, and you know, you're, you're resetting, but for every point that Ross made, it makes a lot of sense to reset and build around the next guy. Um, and, and again, uh, another comment that I post up here was who says that Justin Fields even wants to stay here. It could be a mutual parting of ways. He might want a fresh start elsewhere. Uh, certainly he might uh, tell you, he might pull a, look at what Deshaun Watson's doing right now where Deshaun Watson has been medically cleared and he's like, I'm not going back out there. I'm not sacrificing myself until I feel good. Justin Fields might go to the Bears and just be like, I'm not even in your long-term plans. I know it. This team stinks. I'm not rushing back on that field with this thumb situation and jeopardizing my career further for a coach that I know is going to get fired in a couple weeks. And I know that you guys are going to trade me to New England or Atlanta or wherever they're going to trade him to eventually. So he might say, listen, I'm, I'm my thumb. It don't feel right. I can't grip this football. I'm not rushing to get back on that field anytime soon either. Yeah, I, I, you know, you bring up him choosing not to play potentially with that injury, and and he's been beat up in his Bears career too, taking all these sacks and and these various minor injuries start to to add up, and you see that with these these running style quarterbacks, it does, uh, it, it's it takes its toll, man. Um, but I, uh, I I don't know, I'm I'm kind of siding with Cliff here, and and a lot of the commenters in that. I, I don't know if I can give up on Justin Fields past this season. It's it's a long way to the end of this season still, you know, seven weeks in, uh, six, you know, as, as they're one and five right now. And obviously so much blame. It's it's terrible just to see, uh, to wonder, you know, if there was some competent coaching offensively, if it would be a little different. But you go, you go back to it and, you know, these guys, the quarterbacks on the field, are the ones calling the plays as much as the offensive coordinators, right? And they see these, what you see on the field is different than what these offensive coordinators see up in in the box, for example. And so, you know, you should be able to have some recognition and, you know, you can say there's not so many, you know, run, run first calls for Justin Fields or, you know, bootlegs, things like this that would play into his wheelhouse and in his strengths. But man, the turnovers are there. The sacks are there. All of the, the the negatives really seem to outweigh the positives at this point. Where why would you pay this guy now at this point when you can get a fresh start and you can start to you know retain some of these weapons um, and then build around one of these really great quarterbacks coming out of college in this next year? Well, well that's the thing, right? So let's let's kind of play this out because again, this is. I love Justin. I love him as a young man. I think he's a very smart, very bright young man. I think he's super talented. But let's play this out from a logistical standpoint. Justin Fields now is finishing up his, he's going to be, he's into his third year. Next year will be his fourth season. Would you pick up his fifth year option right now? No. No. Would you pay him a long term extension right now? No, not the way he's played. No. So if I'm, Ben Johnson, Shane Waldron. You could franchise him. 
I mean, you could, you know, but Why so if I'm one of these hot shot head head. coaches, one of these, these, these offensive guys, do I want to hitch my next three to four years, not knowing what the future is of my quarterback situation because it's so much in limbo, right? And, and all of a sudden, that's the kind of point that I'm making here with Justin. And we've seen throughout the NFL, one of the most valuable things that you can have is the quarterback on the rookie contract. And you've got that small window to build a winning team. Uh, and then it's up to you to maintain consistency after that. And I agree with Cliff, rebuilds take time. But this is not a rebuild. They have one win this year. They have four wins total in the past two years. When you haven't won a game at Soldier Field in over a season, this is no longer a rebuild anymore. You're, you're, what are you rebuilding? There's nothing to rebuild. We talked about over the summer, the Bears need to have blue chip talent on their team. Where is it? It's, it's not at the quarterback position right now. DJ Moore is probably it. I would give you that. Darnell Wright could be it long-term, but there's nothing else on this team. This team lacks a severe amount of talent, and they still have a giant question mark at quarterback. And that, to me, doesn't smell rebuild. There's nothing that I can hang my hat on at night and say, okay, they lost, but we got this, or we got this, or we got this. Unfortunately, they don't have it. you know. And that means that you've got to strip it back down again, and you got to start all over, and hopefully – Fingers crossed that could potentially be brand new hotshot head coach, Kayla Williams or Drake May. We will talk. We can, we've got a long time to talk about that. And then you can talk about your Marvin Harrison Juniors of the world or your Ola Afashnu. I don't know how to pronounce his name, left tackle from Penn State. But you've got to start to inject some elite blue chip talent into this organization. And unfortunately, they got to press the reset button again. Uh, you know, we talk about the quarterback at nauseum, but this is uh, an issue with the rest of the 53-man roster, like you said, Ross. And, and as much as it's a, a quarterback-driven league, you look at the the top guys uh, around the the league and and in within the division too. Um, that it, it's going to take some serious uh, hitting on on the draft and then the free agency to try and turn this team around because we've seen the defenses been an abject failure it has not <clears throat> has not changed from last season and like you said ross they haven't won in soldier field in so long due to uh a lack of any sort of competitive competitiveness with this roster as it is and with the 22 starters that are trotted out there uh joe a, a little while ago asked this ross would you extend jalen johnson and mooney or trade them on the note of of these guys and, and ross is shaking his head no you trade them uh, out you should have why wouldn't you? And it, exactly. when it seems like you're you're going towards number one and number two overall draft pick, that just stockpile draft picks again and get what you can for these guys. Why would you tie up money in them when Darnell Mooney has just been nowhere to be found? Galen Johnson has some some injuries to him, mm -hmm. but you know you can draft a top tier cornerback. The next guy, it's a young man's position. I feel like uh, in the upcoming draft, we're looking for agency beyond there. Completely agree. I mean. I like Darnell Mooney a lot, but he just has disappeared in way too many games. You want to give a guy like that 15 to $17 million a year? Again, when you are so far away from winning, Jalen Johnson, he's a good cornerback. When he plays, when he stays on the field, he can't stay on the field. I don't know how you can pay a lot of these guys big money when you're still so far away from winning. The Bears would be better served trading them in a couple of weeks for the trade deadline and trying to get as much draft capital as possible. Um, you know, cause that's, that's just, that's where the situation is. These guys are veteran players. They've been around for a little bit. By the time the bears are ready to compete again, Jalen Johnson and Darnell Mooney will be past their prime, unfortunately. So you've got to start getting in talent that is on the same age trajectory, uh, as everybody else. You know, I agree with Ralph. Justin is a blue chip talent. Um, unfortunately he hasn't played like that. A lot of that's on coaching. But a lot of that's on him, too. And, and I think it's time, unfortunately, for Bears fans. We, we we have to look in the mirror a little bit. and We have to come to grips with the fact that he just wasn't he, – he he's good. He wasn't quite the guy that we thought or hoped that he could or would be. And furthermore, if the Bears get out of this with two – with the top two picks in the draft and they still have $90 million in cap space, it becomes – 
the most exhilarating job in the NFL. And I kind of agree with Cliff. I do think a guy like, like Jim Harbaugh um, would look at that situation and say, you know what, this might be my grand return to come back to the NFL. And one thing, you know, I know Jim, uh, I know Harbaugh is a very polarizing figure, but one thing he's going to do is he will be an adult in the room and he will bring stability to a situation and a lot of veteran leadership. And another thing is he's going to bring an outstanding staff around him to kind of cultivate the situation. And that's where I will kind of shoot Justin some bail is I do think that, again, we keep harping on this. I just, I think everybody failed him. Everybody failed him from the McCaskies to Ted Phillips, to Matt Nagy, to Matt Eberflus, to Ryan Poles, to Kevin Warren, to Luke Getze, His offensive and, and, and Bill Lazor, and all the way on down. I think everybody failed that young man, very similar to the way David Carr was, was destroyed and battered as a Houston Texan, and everybody failed him as well. You know, so it, and it's, it, it sucks, you know, and, and Cliff, I, I know what he did the last two weeks, but that's a small sample size. I got his stats up right yeah, now. Yeah, against it, bad teams. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a small sample size. At some point, we've got to zoom out and we've got to look at his career as as a as a whole. It's just not quite there. It, and it's okay. It's okay to admit that. I know it's tough for us to admit, but if, he, if we don't see him again for four to six weeks, there's no way he comes back as a, as a starting quarterback for the Bears next year. It's over. Mm. Fun times. We're in sports hell as the Chicago Bears. It sucks, man. This shit sucks. It wasn't supposed to be this way this year. It wasn't supposed to be this way. It was supposed to be uh, a bit different um, as, you know, looking ahead to this Raiders game. It it doesn't get any easier after the Raiders matchup. We were talking about, you know, a few weeks ago, these are some winnable games. And then you you give up that Denver game. You win the Washington game convincingly. uh, Then you get beat. Pretty soundly by the Vikings, of course, albeit without Justin Fields. You wonder uh, if he came back, if they win that game. And now you you get the Raiders at home and Bears uh, trying, just when you thought they're turning the corner, getting healthy, there's a, a several guys, key guys that are questionable in Darnell Wright, uh, although uh, I believe he was a limited in practice or at least full or full to limited. Uh, Travis Homer, the, the running back situation is also pretty terrible too. When you think about how Deontay Foreman just had to shoulder that load and they had to pull a guy off the practice squad last week when Herbert and Roshan Johnson and, and Travis Homer, all these guys are injured. So they just can't catch a break. Um, you know, as bad as the offensive played with, uh, you know, you need some guys to, to step up and, and the bears have not gotten that, but um, Travis Homer, Darnell Wright, Dan Feeney, Yannick Ngakwe, Eddie Jackson, all, questionable for the game Sunday. We know that Justin Fields will be out, even though it's not, he's not listed as such on the injury report. They keep saying doubtful. Um, there's just no way he would go because that, you know, that thumb would obviously be such a detriment. Um, you know, looking ahead to the Raiders game, it does still feel kind of winnable. The the Raiders have been up and down, but then you think about the defense, if they're not a hundred percent in that secondary, the way Devonte Adams has cut them up in season pass, uh, I, I think that, that that Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams connection will be too much. It'll be a big test for T- Tyson Bajan to, to go out there in his first NFL start and stare down Max Crosby, who might have three sacks on the day. He's going to get after him, you would yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a long day for the Bears uh, against the Raiders. Uh, I, you know, going back to Bajan, you know, we haven't talked, to, I mean, we've, we've talked about how he's not the answer long term but but for a guy you know we we said the same about a Brock Purdy last year these guys are in the NFL for a reason uh you know preseason is preseason but he still did play well with the guys around him and give him a week of practice you never know what can happen uh and I'm curious to see what will happen but it'll be a big struggle for the the offense I think obviously the defense has to step up big time for them to get close to being competitive in this game yeah, my, my biggest thing with Bajan is, I mean, he's a fun football player, and I do yeah. think that he makes quick, decisive decisions in uh, in the mode of Brock Purdy. But I think people really underestimate Brock Purdy's arm talent and 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 how he can push the football downfield. Um, Bajan has one of the worst arm talents I've ever seen come into this league as a professional quarterback. It is absolutely yeah. abysmal. And you eventually, saw week, yeah. you, you saw it on full display last week. He put everything he had into that throw, and it was an absolute duck. And the problem is... This is the NFL. This is not college. This is not Division Three. Eventually, 
smart defenses and NFL coordinators will continue to adapt to that. And they're going to come up and they're going to creep to the line of scrimmage and they're going to play within a bubble of 15 to 20 yards. They're going to make this kid try and throw the football downfield or hang in the pocket and throw the football downfield. And that's where he's going to make mistakes. And, and, you know, he had two turnovers on Sunday. Those are things you can't do as a starting quarterback, right? For all the good that he was doing, even on Sunday, you just cannot turn the football over. And unfortunately, he just not he just doesn't have the arm talent. As a Bears fan and representing all of the Bears fans, I want better out of our quarterback situation. I don't want the try-hard kid anymore from from uh, you know from a D three school that may not have the arm, but he's got moxie, right? I don't even want the quarterback that that you know like like Justin who who is good, but he's not great. We want elite. We need to start demanding for elite, and unfortunately. Uh, we got to keep taking swings at it until we get there, you know? So I do wish Bayesian all the luck in the world. Um, I'm not going to go out there and openly root against the Bears or root against him. And I hope to see you just again on the field this year because I, I do think that it would be really sad if he doesn't go out there uh, again this season for the Bears. And that and that is it for his Bears career. So you know, I'm not going to root for losses. I mean, for losses at this point, I you know, that's – the draft stuff that's going to fall out where it needs to fall out down the line, right? We've got a long way to go with that. Um, it's still only October right now, so I'll be there in the house on Sunday. And uh, if, if it's Bajent versus Brian Horner, um, that could potentially be one of the worst NFL quarterback matchups I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but I'm gonna still, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna still try and enjoy you know everything the best I can, unfortunately. And if you see me there, um, holler at me. We might need to do lots of shots of fireball this Sunday. Ross and his fireball. fireball. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I got a I got an Alshon Jeffrey jersey that I'll, I'll give you for Tyson. <laughs> Just tape over it. He'll be a popular guy in the parking lot, Ross. Um, it's brutal, man. And and Tooch, just to, to put, a, uh, put a nail on this, just posted this since hiring Ryan Poles and Matt Aberflus, the Bears are 419 overall, 1 and 15 in their last 16 games, 0 and 8 in the division, haven't won a home game in almost 400 days, haven't won back to back games. Garbage. This is uh, it's rock it's, bottom. It's it's this is the worst I've ever seen it. I was I remember the Wani years. I remember the end of the Dick Dick years. I remember the Dick Duran at the end. Um, we thought Mark Trussman was rock bottom. And uh, but this is it. This this is by far to me. Uh, the worst stretch that I feel like we've ever had as a as a Bears fan, uh, at least in my lifetime, being 42 years old, you know. Yeah, with the potential and and for it to get this bad is uh, is is really an abject failure from the top down, man. There's not really a, a bright spot you can point to, uh, but we're you know seven seven weeks in, so we shall see. Sure. Uh, all goes down at noon on the lakefront, though. Bears hosting the Raiders. We'll see if they can get a win in Justin Fields' absence. Let's move on to the rest of the NFL, Ross. And, um, you know, no more unbeaten. So how about it? It was, a, it was a lot of upsets. It was a lot of close games. It was certainly those um, those teams that were going in as favorites. It was like if you pl- played survivor pools, I think it was just a bad week for folks there picking, you know, the, the favorites like the Niners. And, you know, if you're looking at uh, the Eagles as well, it Browns though played well at home, you know, eking out that win against the Niners. And, you know, you could say the same about the jets um, as Robert Sala was saying, we've beaten the shit out of all these quarterbacks so far. And, and no one's given us credit as they uh, soundly beat the Eagles at home. Um, even without Aaron Rodgers and him recovering with his Achilles nicely. Um, but some of the good teams stayed good, of course, with the lions improving to five and one looking like, Certainly one of the best teams in the NFL. Sure. Bills improving to four and two. Um, there were some buys, of course, but the Dolphins, another big game for them, beating, albeit the lowly Panthers, but putting up 42 on the Panthers. And the Bengals going to three and three at 17 and three, 17, 13 against the Seahawks. Um, a lot of people just putting the Bengals, vaulting them at three and three right up into the top 10, even. Uh, with their slow start, they're just they seem to be doing things right at this point now. But um, you know, of, of those games of the last week, I think you know the most eye-opening is certainly the 49ers injuries are the only thing that can derail them when they were the the favorite team of the NFL going into this. And the Browns, um, you know, they were they were treading water until 
uh, Deshaun Watson gets back and if they're fully healthy, what can they do? Obviously losing Nick Chubb was huge for the season, but you know, you resigned, uh, yeah, you resigned Kareem Hunt and then you, you get some help, uh, you know, on the offensive line to try to weather the storm a bit. And they improved to th- three and two against a good Niners team. And it was very competitive. It was a great week of football. And then, uh, Jaguars are staying good at this point. What else stood out to you from this last week of action, Ross? Yeah, to me, the top of the list, you, you hit it on the head. It's the Lions. It, it, at this point, we have to start taking the Lions very, very seriously as a Super Bowl contender. They're 5-1 and one right now. They're 3-0 and oh on the road. I thought that this game on Sunday going into Tampa Bay, into that heat, uh, I thought Baker was playing pretty well, that that could have been an upset situation for the Lions. And they went in there and they just handled business uh, completely. Baker looked like trash. The defense was playing well. Jared Goff with those for 350 yards and, and two touchdowns. Couldn't be stopped. Yeah, they're they have they have done a great job from top to bottom building out that entire roster. Um, I do think that the potential the head coach for the Bears is running that offense right now in Ben Johnson. And um, they, they look awesome. You have to tip their hats to them and, and how they've done things. It looks fantastic. So I thought they stood out to me. Um, good rebound for the Dolphins. They went down 14 nothing in that game and still won 21 points. Um, you, you know, that's absolutely wild. And the Panthers are on track to have one of those 1-16 type seasons. They look absolutely abysmal. And I don't know how that good situation is getting anybody. It's very good for the Bears. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good for the Bears. And, you know, the, 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 to me, what stood out from last week is some of the losing teams. And, you know, you're, you're going to have to start writing off maybe some of these teams uh, like the Titans, who are two and four now. And Ryan Tannehill's beat up and they might have to start Malik Willis. That's not a good look for them. That Monday night game, uh, the Chargers, I think Brandon Staley is, is more than on the hot seat. I think he's going to be gone. Speaking of wasted talent, you're paying Justin Herbert way too much money and he's way too quality of a talent for you to keep losing these football games and at some point somebody's gonna have to pay for that and uh you know speaking of brandon staley you know he started basically as as a bears uh defensive coach you might see a ben johnson brandon staley partnership as as staley comes into chicago as a defensive coordinator i think that's a very real possibility so um it's it's you know that that stood out to me and we go go all the way back to last thursday night the Chiefs just don't quite look right, in particular on offense. And they are really struggling right now to get anybody the football, not named Travis Kelsey, you know, so much so that they made a trade today and they brought in McCall Harmon back, back, you know, from, from the Jets. They they might have to make another move at right receiver because they just do not look right on offense. There's no reason why they, the Broncos should have hung around with them, you know, all that, all that time. And, uh, yeah, those things stuck out to me. It's gonna be a fun week of football. Lions Ravens coming up this Sunday. That's that's yeah. that's marquee game for me, for sure. Lions Ravens, uh, the best of that noon slate for sure. And then Sunday nighter is Dolphins Eagles, which should yeah. be a great one as well. And then Chargers, you know, looking like they have a, a must win uh, going into Arrowhead and playing the Chiefs. You know, with the Chiefs, I agree with you. I think that it's it's crazy to me to just see week after week. Um, Pat Mahomes throw to Travis Kelsey and for this connection just to be as good as, as it is when he, you know, he's shown that he doesn't really favor anybody else. If you just sort of double team or take Travis Kelsey and game plan him out of it, uh, then it seems like you could do a lot to this chief's offense, but Pat Mahomes is still playing great football. He's in that MVP conversation for a good reason right now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's another good week, and and certainly those those top teams, I feel like you just can't ignore the Lions, and, and it makes you jealous as, as a Bears fan. And um, looking at what they're able to do week in week out as a as a complete football team, playing well defensively, traveling well, like you said, three and zero on the road is super impressive. When that uh, that defense for Tampa has been no slouch, but Jared Goff was just able to cut through him. It didn't matter. Who he was throwing to, he was able to get first down after first down, just burn clock and and uh, have some big plays um, and in a big game overall. Mm-hmm. And he's in that MVP conversation too. When you talk about um, guys who who are uh, in that position at this point in the season, when we're almost halfway through it at this point, uh, but yeah, and that uh, in this next week, it's it's going to be another fun one. I mean, you know, with the with the um, who was I talking about here with the chiefs just circling back to them. Um, 
I'm curious, you know, obviously you have that sort of bullseye on your back as the, um, as the, Super you know, Bowl former champ, Super Bowl yeah. champ at this yeah. point. And, you know, repeating is the hardest thing to do. Um, and they also just, you know, they haven't played, obviously playing great talent in Detroit. I'm curious to see, they have a tougher schedule going ahead in the next several weeks. Uh, if they can come out of it and, and keep this really good, pristine record. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's their defense is good. Their defense is good. They've got to get it going on offense. Again, they're just lacking talent on the perimeter. Um, but they got some guys. They got some young guys. You know, Rice is a young guy. He's, he's going to start to come on there. But, you know, luckily for them, they are in a, a tough competitive division. But those teams in the division are, are kind of coming down a little bit. So, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to be okay. They're going to kind of just kind of coast until the playoffs start. Um you know, they're they're I think that the the um AFC East kind of beating each other up helps them out a lot, you know, with the Bills and the Dolphins. You figure that those teams are gonna be pretty close together uh from a record standpoint. Same thing with the AFC North when you factor in the Browns, uh Bengals, Steelers, Ravens. And so, you know, I think that all that benefits the Chiefs as they try and figure this out and 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 get it right. You know, speaking of Steelers, that's, you know, this Sunday now, I don't know how they continue to win football games. Kenny Pickett looks like shit for like 55 minutes. And then like the last five minutes of the game, he pulls like two, two throws out of his ass. And you're like, whoa, why? and they win football games. Now they've got a huge game against like two teams. You know, they go to LA this week against the Rams and the Rams are three and three. And I think everybody thought too, the Rams were going to be bad this year. And they're, they're hanging in there right now. That's a big football game on Sunday uh, three and two Steelers versus three, three ramps. Yeah. The Steelers uh, again, kind of without a running game uh, to speak of, I feel like with Najee Harris, you know, only has, he does is under 300 yards. You, if you had told yeah. me that, I would have thought you were crazy into the season here with um, Jalen Warren. I was gonna say, my my fantasy good. team says, make, make the move to Jalen Warren. I've been stashing him specifically. Too. Go make the move. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, yeah, Ross. Anybody individually uh, stood out to you? You know, you got any rookie, any rookie watch candidates that you've liked? I know a couple guys uh, that are getting the start. Of course, Tyson Bajan, but he's yeah. not in that same class as Stroud. It's it's a bummer with these injuries that are starting to pile up too. We lose Anthony Richardson for the yeah. year. Just he, man, like the concussion and then the shoulder. He's a uh, kind of crazy. Welcome to the NFL. First few weeks here. And yeah, now, and that's unfortunate. Yep, that's unfortunate for that young man because he was very talented. But you know, that's part of the risk that you run, where you know everybody kind of says, "Well, cultivate the offense to the quarterback and play to his strengths and stuff like that." Anthony Richardson is like 6'5", 250, 260 pounds, and he didn't finish three out of his five first five starts in the NFL. Now he's out for the rest of the year in his rookie season. Be careful what you wish for when you want these young guys to just start running and, and doing these all kind of things. They hit hard in the NFL. They hit very, very hard. And we've seen that happen before with guys like RG3. You know, some of these guys don't are, are not able to hold up long-term. So I, I do think that the Colts are playing the smart, play the long-term game, take him out for the rest of the year. Hopefully that puts you in a better position to get a better draft pick. And put some more talent around him, but Shane Steichen is going to have to look at that offense in the offseason and say, okay, what do I need to do to keep this young man healthy but still allow him to succeed? Um, you know, and of course, from a rookie standpoint, Stroud is playing outstanding. He looks like he's been a seven-year veteran in the NFL. You know, that really helps that he's running that San Francisco offense, Bobby Slowick, of course. He's got Laramie Tunsil, one of the best offensive linemen. Uh, in the game right now, guys like Nico Collins and Tank Dell have been playing outstanding as well for him. Uh, CJ Strauss, awesome, and it's still it's still Puka mania, even though Cooper Cup has came back. Yeah, Puka is still one of the best rookies uh, this year. He's been he's been absolutely outstanding. Great find for him, you know, from on defensive side. I know Jalen Carter didn't, didn't play last week; they missed him out there, but he's been an outstanding rookie as well for on the defense for the Eagles. Houston, very surprising, right? With what they've been able to get right and CJ yeah. Stroud. So it certainly starts with CJ Stroud. And and then the they're stringing together some some wins at this point where they're in the thick of the division. They're three and three. Uh Jacksonville, you know, certainly the favorite, but Indian and Houston kind of nipping at their heels. Tight division races. You know, you talked about the AFC North and how tough 
that is with the Bengals. Uh, they're at the, the bottom of the division by record right now, but it's, uh, you know, it could be any of these teams. If you, um, if you asked me today, how it would, how it would finish out. They've, they've all flashed moments of greatness between the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns and the Bengals at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the South is pretty tight too, outside of the Panthers as well, but, uh, a lot of football, a lot of good football coming this Sunday. We shall see how it goes. And, and Ross, Mm-hmm. It is. We have we've avoided it for months. I feel like not on purpose. Besides the Cubs and the Sox, but you you know we were talking in the pre-show. You were looking for some playoff baseball at this point, and um, found man, it. playoffs. You found it. That's yep. exciting. You know you got uh, you got uh, the Astros and Rangers tonight, yep. and um, you know that's that's a fun Texas matchup when you mm-hmm. talk about uh, an ALCS, and then. With the Phillies and Diamondbacks, um, that's that series is rolling on uh, tomorrow, as will Astros Rangers. So, you know, what are your impressions of of this postseason so far? We've talked a lot about a lot about it. I I love the Phillies run, you know, from yeah. my East Coast family standpoint, and the trash talk, you know, going back to that last series for the Phillies and the way Bryce Harper has stepped up in big moments. It's fun to watch, you know. The Astros, you talk, you can trash them for you know the whole cheating schedule and everything, the scandal and everything, but they've certainly made people forget about that the way they've played uh, in the past few years. And then the Rangers, a really hot team right now too. That should be a fun uh, series. So yeah, what are your impressions? You yeah, know? I like. I mean, this is there's a little bit of parody here because the Dodgers were one of the best teams in in baseball and they're gone. The Braves are one of the best teams in baseball, and they're gone too, right? The Orioles won their division, and they didn't even win a game in the playoffs. So that part of it's fun because it's exciting. There's a lot of parity involved. But you look at the teams that are left over. I mean, I'm all in for a Rangers versus Phillies World Series. I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan, huge, huge fan. He's my favorite player to watch in baseball. He really elevates his game to the moment. He is not scared to go out there and take the big swings and get the big hits, and I think his whole team feeds off of that. Kyle Schwarber is another guy, as we know from from Chicago days. He has put together some big swings in the postseason. He had another big home run yesterday. Trey Turner was a guy that was slumping really bad, and and, and ever since the fans kind of picked him up, he's been absolutely awesome. The Phillies just they they went for it. They spent some money on some guys, and they said, "Look, ball go far, team go far," and, and they're on the on the precipice of going to the World Series. And then for the Rangers. Again, it's the same thing. It's you, You've got to spend money on top-level elite talent. And they went out there, and they got Corey Seager, and they got Marcus Simeon. And people are like, you're spending too much money on those guys and, and this and that. They go out there. They trade for Max Scherzer in, in the, uh, at the trade deadline, another big you know ticket guy. But look what they're doing right now. They've got the, they've got the Houston Astros, the defending champs, on the ropes right now, the, the Astros look like they just got sp- sp- you know punched in the mouth and, and don't know what the hell to do. Uh, mm-hmm. As this game is about to start in front of me right now in in in, uh, in Houston, and uh, it's exciting. And, and it, I think it'll be exciting to see um, a little bit of, of. It's always exciting to see something different. But I'm all in on a Rangers versus uh, Phillies World Series. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I don't think the Rangers have the Rangers ever even won a World Series before. I don't. I can't remember them winning one before I, yeah i can't remember them winning one and and they're doing it in in pretty crazy fashion too this uh the, the evan, evan carter story is really fun too mm-hmm. him being 21 years old and now d-backs gonna start their uh rookie in game three of the nlcs um so it's uh you know i i'm with you i think it it looks like it could certainly be a phillies uh rangers world series at this point and you know, the only thing missing from this is Joe Buck at this at, at this stage in the uh, <laughs> in baseball. And as much as you would hate on Joe Buck, I think uh, he was he was certainly a great commentator on baseball. And he has to miss it as much as he's great on Monday Night yeah. Football. With Troy Aikman, it's it's uh, it's tough to not hear him call these games. I know. I, I this is when there needs to be in in sports broadcasting, like there needs to be. You need to be able to like like loan guys out, right? Like, like, you know how soccer players can just like be on a loan for another team for a couple weeks or a season or something like that. Yeah. ESPN has to be able to say, all right, Fox, we're going to loan you Joe Buck for $9.8 million for the three weeks that you need him. Cause that is the one thing that's missing from this is, and I, I like the, the announcing team that they have out there. The, the, the pregame show is terrible with a rod and Jeter and Ortiz. Oh, that, that's absolutely awful. 
But Joe Buck, um, I don't understand how people can hate on him. That guy has has the ability to let the big moments breathe and uh, and, and and not be too overzealous. And and he is just a, has a great feel for whatever game he's calling. But in particular, baseball, I know he got that from his father. His father was one of the greats at it. And uh, I do miss Joe Buck calling these baseball games. I I, I can't believe that we're going to have another World Series without him on the mic. That sucks. It's a bummer, man. Uh, you into uh, the spooky season here? How's the how's the Reed household looking? Everybody's of course, yeah, yeah. The, the decorations are, are downstairs. I, you know, I try and watch a couple scary. I would try and watch you know scary movies as much as possible. The year actually next to me right here, I've got the the new Jordan Peele book out there screaming. This oh. is an anthology of different horror stories. Um, so. You know, it's, good coffee table book. Looking into that, yeah, absolutely. Looking into that, I love Halloween this year. Um, I am going to the movies this weekend, but it's not to see anything scary. It is to uh, spend three and a half hours to go watch Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which is the brand new Martin Scorsese film. Uh, as we all know, I'm a huge Martin Scorsese fan. How can you not be? And uh, I also don't mind three and a half hour movies. I embrace them. So I cannot, I cannot wait. Ross is pro not cutting anything out of these. these 100%. It's a good director. If it's Avatar, that's one thing. But if it's a good director and. uh, It's Scorsese. You don't, this might be his last movie. Like he's like 80 something years old. (laughs) You don't know how many more movies Martin Scorsese can make. And, And so I'm going to. Uh, and it's DiCaprio, it's De Niro. You don't know how long you're gonna see those two guys make movies it's, together. Read the book too, people. Like I, it's, I read, it's yes, the book, the book is insane insane story. I'm sure that Scorsese yes. will do it justice, but it's uh, but it's, yes. it's a crazy story. And yes, uh, spoiler alert, it's it's more bad looks for for the white man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it we is. Don't look any better. And speaking of white man, welcome John Buffon to the. Uh, that's a good segue, right, John? Wow, what a transition! And just he's, yeah, he's on right after us, uh, of course. Buffon fifty five at JD Buffon. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, fellas. Uh, looking forward to the weekend. I'll be in Chicago, so I'm, I'm looking forward to and everybody uh, and their mom coming out. We got a lot of bar bar flies coming out too. Are you going yeah. to the game as well, John? I am going to the game. Yeah, we're yeah. driving out uh, Friday, visiting with some family, uh, catching up with some bar flies on Saturday, and then hitting up Soldier Field on Sunday. Uh, my brother and I are going out. He's never been to Chicago, so it'll be uh, it'll be uh, it'll it's going to be a good time. Uh, you know, we 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 bought these tickets knowing that Tyson Bajant was going to be the starting quarterback, and the, you know, we, I'm glad that we got the tickets when we did because I'm sure that the value has just skyrocketed since then. Right, <laughs> exactly. Happy investment, John. Yes. yes. Milo. Yes. Well, John, come come find me on Sunday. We'll we'll have a much deserved beer as we yeah. as we cry into this watching uh the Hoyer versus Badgett Bowl. It's what everyone's been looking for. I can't right. believe it's not the game of the week. How did they right. not flex this? It like it's, it's incredible. Listen, given the last couple Sunday night games, they could have just flexed this one into right. there. We wouldn't have even noticed. It wouldn't make a difference. You're right. <laughs> John, I know you're gonna be bears heavy on uh Buffon 55 tonight. Um, and just a little sneak peek, you know, we our our hot topic certainly was the Situation with Justin Fields at this point, with him being doubtful for the game and and his future as a Bears quarterback in doubt. Are you leaning any particular way in the the Justin Fields saga if you think he'll remain a Bear into the future or not? Well, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about this a lot on the show, but essentially what this does is it's it's not good for Justin Fields. It's not good for the Bears because this was ultimately supposed to be kind of a make it or break it year for Justin Fields. And if his resume gets cut short this year, depending on how long he is out then he isn't he isn't able to put his you know his full resume out on tape the bears aren't able to get a full year uh, of looking over his tape to see if they want to you know continue down this route so really i mean as much as you know you know some people are like excited about you know Bajan going in or whatever it's 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 really unfortunate that we're not going to get that full you know season to see what you have there and then the Bears are just going to have to make a decision and we know how good the Bears are at making these personnel decisions and so with even less data they get to go and make a really important decision like this so uh it's 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 uh it's really unfortunate I hope that he's not out that long uh but you know what the the season was it was not exactly going to cost him the playoffs but to you you're hoping that you would have you've been able to see a little bit more of him well regardless of of 
uh, you know, the Bears record too, and where this team is headed. You just want to see Justin as a player be healthy too. Sure. For him to get it, realize his full potential, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And whether it's in Chicago or not, uh, you want it, you want him to be able, I mean, it's not like he's been, uh, he hasn't been a jerk throughout his tenure here. He hasn't, you know, rubbed people the wrong way, really, as far as his character goes. His, his play has been very divisive and very polarizing, but he, him as a person, just mu- much like Mitch Trubisky, although his play wasn't as polarizing, but there was never a bad word said about Mitch Trubisky's character, per se. Uh, and, and, you know, I think for the most part, Bears fans kind of wished him the best on the way out. Out. And, uh, you know, with Justin Fields, depending on how this thing, you know, shakes out towards the end, I think a lot of Bears fans will be wishing him the best if he's not in Chicago. He's just, he's just yeah. see one of those guys that is easy to root for, I think. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where we all have to kind of come to grips with at this moment is, you know, regardless of the situation, this is a, it's a failure organizationally. It's a failure, you know, from top to bottom, from GM to, to head coach to quarterback. And this season could potentially be an incomplete season for Justin Fields, but incomplete also means, you know, ultimately the book is probably going to get closed. If for whatever reason they can't, you know, evaluate him fully this year and they end up with the first two picks, that's it. It, it, They're going to pivot to you cannot pass up on a Caleb Williams or Drake May on a rookie contract. Uh, and it, to you know, potentially keep Justin for another year or a fifth year option that doesn't work that way. It's he will be shipped out, unfortunately, and that's the crappy part of this. Is we you know we didn't want it to end this way. Obviously, we wanted to see him go down playing seventeen games and and, and get a full uh, viewing experience of of how he does. So I, I think that's the most depressing part of all this. Is in October we are all having these conversations about this might be the end of the Justin Fields era, where at least we were hoping to not have these conversations until December, January. Yeah, that's really unfortunate because there there's a real possibility that a new head coach is in town next year, and you would like to be able to put some real. If you if you if you if you are if you're a Justin Fields guy, if you're Justin Fields and you want to stay in Chicago, you're hoping that you have a full year for that coach to look over some game film and say, you know what, I can turn this guy into something, as opposed to not even you know halfway through the season. And so that new coach, uh, that new regime may come in and say, you know what, we want to start with our own rookie quarterback. Sure. We want to restart the that uh, we want to start the quarterback contract time cycle over sure. again, so we don't have to pay the guy for the next four years, mm-hmm. uh, and we want to do it our way. And, and quite frankly, the Bears aren't very good at that and bringing in a GM and a head coach and a quarterback all in the same year they always seem to stagger a little bit Mitch Mitch was not Nagy's guy and Fields was not Eberflus or Getz's guy and they always seem to kind of stagger that so uh, maybe if a new coach comes in he just doesn't have as much data to go off of uh, to to make that decision and may just opt to start all over with a rookie right I, I completely agree John what else you got coming on at 7 30 uh, we got we're gonna go over a lot. We're gonna go, we're gonna go over obviously we're gonna talk about Justin Fields, but we're also gonna talk about the 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 season holistically and how many games realistically we can see the Bears winning for the rest of the season. And uh spoiler alert, it's not too many. Uh so mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna go through uh the rest of the season and see where the Bears could shake out in the win column. Uh maybe maybe pick up a win here or there. And that all-important game against Carolina where the Bears really can't lose because no matter what happens, uh they have the Panthers pick and and so there's a, there, there's a, a something good that can come out of it. Now, if they beat the Panthers, they could potentially keep them winless, and they could keep that they can keep keep that uh, number one pick. But uh, we'll kind of be there's only so many things you can talk about whenever whenever you see this Bears team, and so we're gonna try to attack it from all angles and see what we come up with. All right, right on. Well, John, thanks for jumping on the show. My screen went black that whole time. That freaked me out. And uh, on the technical aspect of things. But, yeah, coming up next, it's uh, Buffon 55 at 7.30 Central Time. And uh, enjoy your time in Chicago, John. You know, we we hung out a little bit at the, the last barroom get-together. Um, but I know you and Ross will, will probably crush some fireball and beers together. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. All right, John. Hey, John. There he is. Uh, stay tuned for Buffon 55 again at 7.30 Central Time right here on the Barroom Network. That's it for us. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac on the social medias. Uh, thanks to all the barflies chiming in throughout the show on YouTube, of course. If you've missed any of this show, it will be on the Barroom Network channel 
very soon. And then the audio only versions are on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts and media. Remember to like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. Uh, Ross, appreciate you, man. Uh, Good to each other out there. Have fun Sunday. For now, we say deuces. So long, everybody. Peace. Thank you.